Welcome, everybody, and thank you for tuning into episode four of This Is 20 Something. Um, this week, I'm very excited because we have our first uh, guy guest on, unless you're counting Jason in the background of the second episode. Um, and Matt Waters is who's with us this week. We're actually talking via Discord, which he's going to tell you a little bit more about. But um, Matt and I go way back, if you can consider the 21 years I've been alive any point of that way back. Um, we actually know each other from church and youth group and Matt always rocked it in our um, church band and all of that. And I was really involved with um, my youth pastor. I was interning with him. So we sort of connected through that. So um, Matt, do you want to go ahead and let everybody know a little bit about you and a little bit about Discord? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Matt Waters uh, on Instagram is uh, Matt of the Cove. Also have a YouTube channel, uh, Karos Elite, K-A-R-O-S Elite. I do a lot of uh, video games and then vlogs and just pretty much whatever I feel like doing, really. <laughs> it's supposed to be a gaming channel, but it's kind of evolving into whatever I want it to be. <laughs> and uh, Discord is similar to Skype, I guess. Also commonly used by gamers and YouTubers. It's basically just uh, someone sets up... Uh, a server of sorts, quote-unquote server, and as long as you have an invitation or it's an open server, anyone can join that. And within that server, there are subsections of uh, voice channels and text channels, and you can set certain restrictions on each of those. So if you want a general voice chat, anyone can jump in there and just talk, or a uh, general text chat, anyone can jump in there and just type. And then you can set certain restrictions as far as how many people can join, the privacy settings, and all that stuff. So. It's really cool. It, it kind of takes what Skype was as like a, a calling service on computers and now mobile devices and kind of went a little deeper with it, which is why I like you. Yeah, well, I know it's been a lot. I mean, I know Skype is like super user friendly, but Discord is just easy because you don't even need an account for I mean, I know I made one because I set up a server for us to be on. But um, I was reading a lot about it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it seems like you don't even need to create an account to be able to listen in on somebody's server if it's public. Is that right? Like yeah, if no, they have can, a link it, posted? It's super easy to jump in. As long as you have the app, uh, Discord's just like, oh, yeah, have at it. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, setting up uh, an account is more so for like hosting and things like that. Yeah, so it's super user-friendly in terms of like, you only need one person to set up that server and then everybody can just sort of jump on. So, which is super great for stuff like this, <laughs> but, um, Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, um, Matt is the one that brought up this sort of, I named it seasonal friends, but, um, this idea of these friends that we have in our twenties in our early years of our life that, um, aren't there for a long time, but are there for a good time. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> sure. Yeah, pretty much. That was more or less what I was getting at. Yeah. Sure. So what were you, uh, what were you like without, you know, spilling your whole life on the podcast? What were you like thinking of like that brought that up in your mind? Why did you think to bring that up? I just, I was thinking uh, about just the experiences I've been through and I feel like I've had a fairly average not only upbringing, but uh, a relatively average 20s. And in that, in the time of my 20s, the, the short time that I've been in it thus far at 23, I've gone through a couple of different jobs. I started off at Chick-fil-A, 
went from there to a window cleaning company, then to a bank, back to the same window cleaning company, and back to the same bank, just at a different branch, uh, long story short, because the branch that I was at closed. But uh, I just, from that specific scope, thought about how many people you meet in your various jobs leading up to whatever your career may or may not be, uh, and how those people sort of become friends and uh, maybe come in and out of your life. And even from the point of view of people that you've never met before entering in your 20s, and they stick around for, for life, like it's so unexpected and just out of nowhere. And so I guess kind of both and both sides of the coin, so to speak, uh, not only seasonal friends, but uh, those friends that don't show up until you're in your 20s and then stick around, kind of both sides of that. Well, I'm really glad that that is what you said, because that's exactly what I did my research on. Um, and I sort of also, because I battled with the idea of calling it temporary friendships, but then I was like, that's not exactly what we're talking about here. That seems more like abrasive and aggressive than what I thought you were getting at. Like, you know, friendships that end because of some traumatic thing that happens or, you know, someone steals somebody's significant other or something like that. Like, that's not what we were getting into. (laughs) So um, I wanted to establish the difference I found online between those two things. And um, the main difference was that uh, seasonal friendships are ones that, like, come back around. So when you're going through certain things in your life, there are certain friends that you'll, like, maybe not go to for support, but you'll think back on at a time they supported you and it'll make you feel better. Do you know what I mean? Sure, yeah. And like you were saying about seasonal friends versus temporary friends, I wouldn't even say that, like, we're talking about a friendship that ended. It's more so like a friendship that went on pause, so to speak, because let's face it, everyone in their 20s is pursuing something. They're they're hustling, they're grinding out, whatever it is that they want to be doing at the time. And that can get in the way of a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that everyone should just put everything they want to do in front of every person they want to be around, but it happens. I mean, some people have to move away. Some people get involved with certain career aspects that involve a lot of their time. And it just turns into like this, hey, we're not hanging out that much in this period of my life, but it's not me saying goodbye. It's more of a, well, I'll, I'll see you later. I'll see you around. And I would definitely love to reconnect and it has nothing to do with you. It's more so just people get busy, especially in their 20s. Right. And that's what I thought too is like, I don't know, I guess the term seasonal friends was really fitting for what we were talking about because when you think about it like seasons, I mean, spring isn't there all year long, but it comes back around eventually. You know what I mean? And so that's like, I don't know, sort of the the point I wanted to drive home right up front. But um, I actually found a definition for seasonal friends online. And you can decide for yourself how reputable this is because it's from the Odyssey. But, I mean, Webster's Dictionary isn't at least, isn't, like, exactly putting out definitions for this kind of stuff. So it was either the Odyssey or Urban Dictionary. So I went with the Odyssey. (laughs) And um, their definition was friends for a period of time, that are there to teach us a lesson or to help us discover something about ourselves as a person. These friends often come back around when times are similar or things wind down for both of you. Does that sound like pretty accurate, what we're talking about? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, that, that sounds a lot like uh, a lot of the people that I've met in my 20s so far and, and even down into like, 
like 17, 18 range when I first started working mm-hmm. for, you know, again, a more specific relative sort of point to jump off of. I just, yeah, I kind of feel like a lot of these people that you meet, there, there's no problem with them. And a lot of them actually, like, like that definition just said, tend to help you a lot, like with advice or different, you know, just very specific things in life that like they sort of steer you towards or help you out with. And, you know, just because they go away doesn't mean you want them to leave or, or wish bad upon them or anything like that. It's more so you get busy, they get busy and uh, you sort of mutually part ways, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's, um, I have a lot of friends that are like that. Um, and it's mostly because for some reason I have had like a lot of my friends, even in early years, like transfer schools and like, you know, stuff like that, that just makes uh, circumstances harder for you to keep up with them. Like, um, last year in 2017, I was going through a whole bunch of stuff all at one time. I had like two cousins that were in and out of the hospital for different reasons. And we didn't know how it was going to pan out with either of them. And, um, it was just like a pretty difficult time for me and my whole family. And one of my, uh, roommates, Anna Decker, shout out to her. She, um, just helped me through everything. She drove me home to Covington one night when I was at school and I got a really bad call from my mom and I just felt like I needed to go home and she didn't want me to have to drive myself. She drove me like two hours back home and now she goes to, um, a different school and she lives like two hours away and we don't talk that often, but that still doesn't diminish like all those things that she did for me and that bond that we had and that love that we shared. Like it's not that any of that went away or that any of that didn't exist in the first place. It's just that, you know, like you said, it takes a pause sometimes. For sure. Yeah. I, I just, I've got a bunch of different examples like that as well. Not quite that specific of, a, of an example, but uh, similar things where I would start a job, meet someone, get to know them, start talking, hang out outside of work. And I might have questions about, you know, potential promotions or how to pursue the political landscape of a, a career or a job. And I actually had a friend, have a friend who's still currently in my life that I met closer to my 20s mm-hmm. that uh, helped me out a lot in that arena. And I don't know, it just, it's crazy to think how someone that can potentially be so temporary in your life can be so helpful as well. Yeah, exactly. Like when you're in that, those moments with those people, you're assuming like, oh my gosh, these are my friends that are going to be my friends forever. These are the godparents to my kids. These are the, you know, whatever you're thinking in the back of your mind. And then you're like, oh, maybe not. That's okay too. (laughs) You know? Right. And yeah, some of those people that like, you know, godparents and things like that, I feel like late 20s to early 30s might be because that's usually around when most people are going to start settling and oh, yeah. get in their communities and that's when you start meeting those people that are really a lot more of those people anyway that are going to be very much in your life more or less until well you know the foreseeable future yeah well um yeah that's that's how I feel too like your whole life obviously you're really into your friends and I mean that's why they're your friends but as you get older you do start to form this sort of like how they talk about all the time like the village and um that does sort of come I feel like in later years once you sort of have 
thrown everything else to the wind and been like, you know what, I'm not really concerned with all these other childish things. I'm concerned with my family and what I'm doing with my life and how great of a person I am and all the other noise just sort of gets cut out at a certain point, I think, for most people. (laughs) Right. But, um, yeah, well, your point about your uh, friends when you would first start a a job, um, that's actually one of the most common types of, um, like, seasonal friends. And in case you were wondering, there are... um, a few different categories that seasonal friends typically fall into. And um, those categories are um, friends at work is the number one. And um, then number two is someone who mentors you. Number three is someone who you mentor. Number four is an unhealthy friend. And number five is a friend who's nothing like you and doesn't share similar ideals. So you'll more than likely have like one of those kinds of friends at almost every stage of your life. And that doesn't mean that any of those friends are bad. It's just like if you can point out and be like, yeah, I get into some trouble when I'm with this friend, probably shouldn't hang out with them, but I only see them like once every six months. So it's not that big of a deal, you know? So that would be like the unhealthy friend, the friend that you're like, This can't be my friend every day, but this can be my friend, like, once a year. (laughs) Oh, yeah, just when you want to let let loose a little bit. Right. And then um, the friend who's nothing like you and doesn't share similar ideals. I think that most of the time for me, at least now in my 20s, that has been, like, my goal is I don't want my friends to have the same opinions as me. (laughs) I don't want to form this, like, little bubble where I'm thinking the same as everybody else in my circle. You know what I mean? I want to have different input and experiences weigh into my life and my friendships, I guess. And so I think that that is definitely not a negative thing at all. But just saying unhealthy friends and friends who don't share your same ideals sounded kind of harsh. So I felt like I had to clear it up. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, just because someone has a different opinion, I don't feel like that shouldn't mean you're friends. And honestly, it's probably a good goal to have people around you that don't think the same way because... You sort of get, not even sort of, you will definitely get caught in an echo chamber of sorts to where everyone's just like, yeah, you're right because I think I'm right. That, that's fine. Let's let's keep going. Charge ahead. Whereas someone who might think differently than you or think about something a different way or come up with a different solution can challenge you and, and really you know, improve you as a person, and you can do the same for them. Iron sharpens iron, so to speak. Right, and you can learn from them, people. That is like one of the most important things you can do in your life is to constantly be learning. That's one of the healthiest things you can do for your brain. It's one of the best things you can do for your mental health, like constantly be educating yourself. And so it's, I just feel like if I'm going to be spending time and bringing people into my life, I want those friendships to be, you know, not challenging in the way that they're hard to be friends with, but challenging in the way that I'm not going to, like you said, have a bunch of like yes men around me all the time who are just going along with what I'm saying. And one of my favorite things actually is I have a few friends and we think very differently politically. We think very differently socially. And we've just gotten to the point now where we just tell each other like, hey, I respect your opinion, but I really don't want to talk about this because we know each other's opinions at this point. (laughs) And now we're just arguing. So I think one of the like 
key things to recognize in those friendships when you're not sharing similar ideals with some friends is like when to accept that, okay, I'm friends with this person despite us thinking differently. And so I need to respect that friendship enough to like know when to back off the conversation, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And not to promote arguments or, or to say, yeah, guys, uh, argue with your friends. But uh, I feel like looking back, a lot of the times my biggest disagreements or my biggest arguments or, or whatever you want to consider them with some of my closer or closest friends, I've walked away with, with a different perspective a lot of times. And right. I feel like it's helped me grow as a person overall for a number of different reasons. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Okay. So, um, I also wanted to read off, um, just a little list of, I went to a few different websites. I went to like, um, a couple different psychology websites. And then I also went to some like, you know, more stupid, like I went to cosmopolitan and stuff like that as well. (laughs) Um, because I think that like, you know, magazines like that aren't hard-hitting journalism, but I think that they do have something when it comes to that arena of, like, friendship. Like, women and men have been looking to stuff like that, like, articles on how to be a good friend or what to do in certain situations for centuries. So I was like, we can't ignore that. We have to read some of it. <laughs> but, yeah, um, and I feel like no matter how, like, how non-official or professional it may or may not seem, there's nothing wrong with a few different perspectives. Right, exactly. So um, that being said, I pulled a list of, I believe, five, yeah, of um, five types of friends that all these different sources I was looking at um, had in common of saying the friends that you should try to have at every stage in your life. So whether this is the same friend or not your whole life doesn't matter, but you should try to have a person like this in your life at all times. Um, and the first one was comic relief, like every single website refutable or not was you have to have somebody funny. Your life cannot be dull. Whatever your sense of humor is, you have to find somebody that matches that, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that that is like one of the most important things for like keeping your friendships healthy is like understanding each other's senses of humor. Cause I think that's how you like sort of offend people a lot is you think something's funny and they don't think something is funny. (laughs) So like understanding what you think your friends think is funny is just as important as what you think is funny, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I mean, laughing together at something is a lot easier and a lot less awkward than that one guy. This is that one joke or that one girl. This is the one joke. And uh, (laughs) everyone's just like, you know, crickets. It's yeah. Just, what? Like, did he just say <laughs> that? It's or super did she awkward just say for that? everyone, including them, especially them. And then, you know, that's, that sort of causes a slight drift in that moment. You're just like, oh, maybe this isn't my crowd. Yeah, exactly. And then um, the next friend was the life coach or the mentor. So this is somebody that's like typically a little bit older, doesn't have to be like years and years but somebody who's at least been through similar experiences as you and is like helping you walk through those experiences. So whether that's like, they said like, this can be your mom, your brother, your sister. It doesn't have to be like, you know, one specific friend that you're like, oh, they coach me through life. But um, you do need to have somebody in your life at all times that's like 
helping you get to the next step, I guess, because that's, this whole life thing is so hard to figure out on your own. You can't be expected to do it by yourself. (laughs) Oh, definitely. But, um, and then the third one was the risk taker or the adventurous friend. Um, and it said, even if you consider yourself the adventurous friend, like you need to go out and find an adventurous friend because we need people that we trust to push us out of our comfort zone. Even if you think you're the most adventurous person in the world, there's probably one or two things you wouldn't do. And you need to have the perspective of somebody that has done those so that you can make the informed decision on whether you want to climb Mount Everest or not, or, you know, whatever (laughs) you need somebody that's going to you know, have your best interest in mind as well as, like, push you to your limit, you know? Yeah. And I think that that was one of the, um, like, biggest takeaways for me, I guess, from doing this research was, like, even if you think that you're an adventurous person, it doesn't mean that you don't need another adventurous person in your life that you trust and that has your best interest in mind because like what if you shouldn't climb Mount Everest they're gonna tell you hey dude like that's great that you want to do that and like let's do some training but like you were just eating potato chips on the couch yesterday we're not gonna go climb Mount Everest (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah whether it could be that they've been there done that or just that they've they've done more research than you even so like if they've been to Mount Everest like yeah man I've done that Lost the toe. It's not something you're ready for yet. You just got to prepare a little. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. So um, the next friend was the um, challenger. So this isn't like... I sort of had to figure out how this was different from the adventurous friend. I was like, how is that? You know, whatever. But this is more someone that challenges, like, your thoughts and challenges, um, like, your way of life so that you don't like we were talking about earlier, get stuck in the same ideals and way of thinking for your whole entire life. And um, so that made a lot more sense to me when I read it like that, like, oh, someone not that is challenging you like physically to push your boundaries or like, you know, whatever, but someone who is more like mentally pushing you and mentally, you know, with the same sort of best interest in mind as the adventurous friend so that they're not like pushing you over your limit. But um, just someone in your life who can kind of, like, guide your thoughts, I guess, a little bit and make you uh, go the extra mile. And then the last um, friend was the loyalist. So, like, someone with no judgment will stick by your side, What do, will do, like, what you need them to do. Um, but this was also the most, like, dangerous kind of friend. Like, they... Yeah, because that comes back to the aforementioned, yes, ma'am. Yeah, exactly. And so um, every website was like, you really only need one of these friends at one time. You do not need more than one loyalist friend. (laughs) Like, you know, you just don't need, I don't need an army of Allison Carpenter supporters behind me to fight my battles, you know? (laughs) I need one solid person who's going to stick up for me no matter what stupid stuff I say. And then everybody else can be like, you probably shouldn't have said that, you know? (laughs) Oh, for sure. That, that's why celebrities and pol- politicians have uh, PR teams. That's that's the people that are like, look, let's let's think about this logically for just a second. I know all your buddies and your friends that you probably pay are telling you yes, but uh, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> but it's maybe not the best idea after all. Right. 
Okay, well, I think we're coming up on 25 minutes already. So I'm going to look um, and see what I definitely want to stick in here. Um, okay. Okay. I also did, um, because at the end of my research, I was like, I'm going to take one of those friendship quizzes. Like, you know, online, like, are you a good friend or not? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's look one of those up. And I tried to find, like, the most credible one that I could, and that was Oprah's, because I figured, if you're listening to this, you probably semi-trust Oprah's opinion. Come on. There's no way <laughs> that you can like me and dislike Oprah. <laughs> That's not possible. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so in her friendship quiz, it was ten questions, and you had to rate, like, you and your friend. So the first question was... Um, how often do you initiate conversation and you had to rate like very often, sometimes not that often, not at all. And then you rated your friend as well. So her topics were initiating conversation, creating a supportive atmosphere, preparing a special meal or event for your friend, stand up for or defend your friend, focus on the other person's problems when they're speaking about them, Physically help out when they need to move or are sick or need somebody to house sit. Um, give presence of any caliber to let them know that you were thinking about them. Um, compliment them. Aid in emotional distress and honor commitments. And when I got to the end of this quiz, I was like, this is crazy. She is describing... A significant other <laughs> you should not have to bear the burden of all of your friends emotional distress you should not have to get them little presents to remind them that you were thinking about them like I don't know at the end of this quiz I was like this is not what friendship is Oprah like I love you but friendship is being there for each other and being honest with each other and you know all of that. It is not <laughs> bearing the whole of your friend's emotional distress on your back, <laughs> on top of yours. That would be exhausting. Yeah, I've got enough emotional baggage to deal with. I'm not sure I can handle anyone else's just yet. Let's, let's slow down for a sec. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and then you're expected to also, what, like, get married and have kids and carry their emotional weight on your back as well as all of your friends? Like, that's just so unrealistic. So, no offense to Oprah, but I kind of thought that that friendship quiz was BS. And I was kind of disappointed because I was like, you know what? I, I think that this is going to be like, you know, I feel good about this when I was clicking on the link because everything else was like Seventeen Magazine and, you know, Teen Pop and stuff. And I was like, nah, we're in our 20s now. Let's, let's go to the Oprah quiz. And then it was that. Graduating and I was like, to Oprah. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, <laughs> come on. These expectations are so high. Like, I right. think if you're doing, I think if you're doing like a solid five or six of these at a time, then it's probably good. Like if you're initiating conversations sometimes with them and they're doing that with you, if you're both being supportive of each other, um, if you like focus on the other person's problems when they're discussing them, I think physically helping out is a, if you can do that, that's a good testament to your friendship I think like if someone helps you move into your new house or you know whatever that shows a certain type of like friendship caliber that maybe you wouldn't be on before right but I think as long as you're doing like between 
four and six of these at a time, you're probably like a pretty solid friend. And if you're only doing like two or three of these, then you're probably a seasonal friend and that's okay too. <laughs> and if you're doing every one of them, well, you probably have a crush. On yeah, them. you better be getting married to them or else right. they don't know what they're missing. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. And then um, I also wanted to sort of end on this little quote. So one of the things that I was thinking about, I was trying to come up with like an iconic TV seasonal friendship, you know, and like a current one of a show that's on right now, not one that, you know, has been off the air for years. And I was like, if you think about it, have you ever watched Grey's Anatomy, Matt? I have not, actually. Okay, so I'm going to set it up for you. Not the whole thing, but just this part I'm talking about. Sure, sure. So, it's, it's been recommended to me multiple times. I just oh my gosh, really, you... I don't know, gotten around to it. Sidebar, you have to, you have to get around to it. And when you do, you have to text me because it's going to blow your whole mind. It's, I'll be sure to. It's crazy. But um, there is this... So the main character, Meredith Grey, she has this best friend, Christina Yang... And they didn't really get along at first, but then, you know, stuff evolved. They were friends, whatever. And Christina helps her through all this stuff in her marriage and all this stuff with her kids. And then Christina has to move for her job. And that's like how they wrote her off the show because they didn't want to kill her. And so um, they were like, oh, we'll just say she's moving. And one of the quotes um, from, I think it's from after she's already moved away, um, Meredith tells her, we're friends, real friends, and that means that no matter how long it takes and no matter how far you go, when you finally do decide to look back, I'll still be here. And I was like, that is the perfect thing to end on for seasonal friends. That is what seasonal friendship is about. No matter how long it's been, no matter how far you've gone, when you decide to look back, I'll be here. I thought that was so perfect. Yeah, I actually really like that quote that, that sums it up really nicely. Yeah. Well, was there anything else you wanted to talk about on the topic before we um, stop recording? Because I want to make sure that if there's any other opinions you have on it, that you share them. This is your platform. Right. Uh, I would say that aside from from work, I know that was an example we referred to a lot, uh, just that school is a big, big one. And I know this isn't really... 20s necessarily, but a big thing that happens in high school is when everyone branches out into colleges or, or not college or going to different states for whatever they may be pursuing. I feel like that's a big part of, of the seasonal friends that leave and then may come back on like weekends or holidays to visit family. Yeah, I agree with that too. And I mean, it also still applies if you do decide to go to college. I have so many friends that I made in classes that I was, you know, going to class and sharing parts of my, like, life with and talking about things with, and, you know, then you don't see those friends as often after that semester ends, and when you're in college, that's only a few months, but, I mean, you see these people a few times a week, and you're not expected to build any sort of bond with them, you know what I mean? And then it's like, you can't say no we're not friends because you are friends you were friends nothing bad happened like you know i hate how there's this stigma of you can't call somebody your friend unless you're on this like certain caliber or um like pedestal of friendship you know what i mean yeah like people sometimes tend to think like 
oh, he hasn't talked to me or she hasn't talked to me in a week. We, I must have done something to upset them. Like, no, it's just, you know, people just tend to get busy. Like, well, just because a conversation wasn't had in a certain amount of time has nothing to do with our level of friendship and, and it shouldn't affect it at all. Right. I mean, let's think about when was the last time we talked before we started talking about doing this episode. It's been like months. It's been since like probably like November, December, like the last time I was home probably. Easily. And so (laughs) that is like when you brought up this suggestion and I knew I was going to ask the people that suggested stuff to be on their own suggestion episode, I was like, oh my gosh, Matt's going to be so perfect for this because you supporting this podcast and like – interacting with me via social media and bringing up topics and following the accounts and listening to the episodes, like all of that helps immensely. And just because we don't talk on a daily basis doesn't mean you don't get to say, Hey, my friend has this podcast, you know, because friendship isn't, shouldn't be measured on how often you talk or what you talk about. It should be, are you there for each other? Do you support each other? If I needed something, could I let you know I needed something, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that that's really, like, probably bottom line what it comes down to for me. And doing this episode and this research is definitely going to make me look at my seasonal friends differently because it certainly reaffirmed in my mind that, like, none of that love was lost. None of that – none of those experiences are gone. We're all just so freaking busy, (laughs) you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. So – I didn't even honestly think about – how like, like even when suggesting the topic, I just that was the first thing that came to mind. I was like, well, what's something that goes on in my twenty? I mean, I've met a lot of people that have kind of come and gone, not really in a bad way. They just have, and it, you're just pointing it out. Like that, that, the two of us is actually a a really good example. Right, and that's like a this is a friendship that we started being friends when, like, oh my gosh, it was probably like six or seven years ago now, maybe? that Because that's when I like started interacting with Eastridge. So, I mean, probably that long ago. Yeah, it would ago. have been right around then. It's, it's definitely been a while. Yeah, and so this is a friendship that we've consistently, from that time, been seasonal friends. <laughs> this is right. like when you suggested that topic, I was like, oh my gosh, I do not... Like, I'm not going to get on my God soapbox a lot on the podcast because that's just not what this one is about. But, I mean, it was just a total testament to really, like, sort of my faith when you brought this topic up because I was like, oh, my gosh, met Matt at church, and now that I'm going through all this information and thinking about this on a deeper level, Matt's one of the examples of, like, one of my seasonal friendships that has been continuously that way for our whole friendship. You know, there's never really been a time where we've been like closer or not. We've just always consistently sort of like been there when we needed and wanted to be there, you know? Right. So, yeah, well, I super appreciate your seasonal friendship, Matt, and I super appreciate you suggesting this topic because it was really interesting And I think our listeners are going to get a kick out of it. And um, I really hope that um, you'll want to come on for another episode sometime because this was really fun and we had a pretty good rapport, I think. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. (laughs) We look forward to future podcasts, both listening and, you know, being involved in them. Ah, well, thanks. Shucks. 
Well, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything else I need to say to you guys before we wrap up. We're still working with Apple on merging the two like podcast subscriptions into one. So sorry that that's so annoying, but again, you can subscribe to either one of them. They both come back to me, and they both are connected to the same stream, so it doesn't matter. Um, but once we get that fixed, I'll let you guys know. I'll keep updating you episode by episode probably as well. So thank you guys so much for tuning into episode four. Thank you so much to Matt for taking the time out of his day to record this and um, for also taking the time to come up with the topic in the first place. So very grateful for you, Matt, and very grateful to have you on today. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. All right. You guys have a very, very awesome week, and we will see you next Tuesday.